Matias Yanmark, shorthanded goal. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Puck comes out high. Wah gets the puck off to the races. Into the zone. The righty. Right circle. Backhander. He scores! What a move! Nicholas Wah gets the Knights back in the lead. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team. Exclusive player interviews and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Wallace Millard Chapman live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... There's something different, unique, fun, slightly sad uh, about what's going on in the, in the hockey world right now. Normally, we'd... we'd be all into the Vegas Golden Knights in the first round, and that would like dominate all of our attention. But given that that's not happening right now, uh, we've got this this blank canvas uh, before us that we've never had before uh, going into uh, the middle of the first round and what we're going to talk about over the next two hours. Uh, some VGK discussion, uh, obviously, but last night's results, tonight's matchups, and then the award finalists being announced do you do you guys like that uh that they're rolling that out mm-hmm. day by day through the first round the various award nominees yeah i i do i i think it's really fun mainly because you you get some players that maybe are underperforming and then that that comes out and all of a sudden you you might expect kind of an uptick in in what they're able to do. I mean Igor Shesterkin was named as a Vesna Trophy finalist and he was mired in in two games where he did not play particularly well and then comes back after that nomination and gets a win last night. So uh, to me I, I think that it's leading to some intrigue for individual players as they are facing uh, their first round foes. Uh, here in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I think there's mind games to it, guys. Shesterkin's doing nothing, and then he gets named as Vesna Trophy okay. finalist. Now, okay. now he knows he knows he's going to be a Vesna Trophy finalist, but it comes out, and he's able to turn it on, and away you go. I, I think there's a mid-series confidence boost for somebody like Shesterkin. Um, I mean, I, like, I, I disagree that Shesterkin was doing nothing. Like, again, He's down he was 3-1. being bombarded with... He was being bombarded by quality shot after quality shot after quality shot and was propping up a terrible team. Like, I'm sorry, I don't view it the same way that you do. Zero. Nothing. Down 3-1. Okay, against he was doing, he was doing nothing. Okay. Yeah. That's, uh, what, do, what do you think, Chapman? No, I I don't think he was doing nothing. No, right? no, but but oh. the whole mind game stuff, like a little <laughs> bit of a burst. No, I, I I like it. I I I mean, to answer your question. I agreed your, your with in, that. Your initial question. I like the the rolling out of of the awards during like really right the way they're doing it right now. I like it. It's great. Uh, as far as the mind games, I, I I don't know if 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 you believe in that stuff. I guess. I mean, I I would think Shosturkin and and. Other players who were nominated for awards like today, Austin Matthews, maybe he gets a little bit of boost tomorrow or tonight because he, he knows he's a Hart Trophy finalist. I don't know. I mean, but <laughs> I, I would expect all three of those guys to elevate their games before before they, they are announced award winners. And, and, yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of fun, the mind games. I, I don't know. Well, I think it's weird, though, that the NHL announced it everywhere worldwide, mm-hmm. except there was a blackout in Nashville. 
where they, they didn't find out about this, that Roman Yossi, Norris Trophy finalist, and UC Saros, a Vesna Trophy finalist, nobody found out about that because they didn't get any boost at all. Saros injured and Yossi unable to uh, overcome the talent uh, difference between the Predators and the Avalanche. Well, it could just be that they're not a very good team. Oh, boy. The, the, you missed it, Chapman. The, yep. They did. No, they, I know. They were I know. Aware. They're just I, not I know. good. Um, I, no, no, no. Listen, listen. Here, Here's the thing. Like, Darren's talking himself into Connor McDavid having a very big night tonight. Yes. Um, and I don't think it's going to happen. And and when it doesn't happen, Darren's going to be really sad because he's going to be wrong about the Edmonton Oilers. Or Matthews. Like, you, you tell me that Matthews... Yeah, yeah, but you're not, you're not talking tonight. about Matthews. If Matthews but you're not talking about Matthews. Tonight, you're talking about David. The announcer's going to say, MVP candidate, Hart Trophy nominee. Like, both of them. I think We I already think know this. It's, 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 it's fabulous. Well, are, are you surprised at the at the three nominees, uh, finalists, for no. the Hart Trophy? No. I I mean, I disagree with one of them. But, exactly. But, you know, you and I are going to battle it out. Like, I don't think Connor McDavid belongs there. Yeah, I'm, period. Sur- I'm surprised. That, I, I just don't. I'm surprised that a guy who, who is playing for Calgary was not in the top three. I mean, I don't know how who you remove, but I think if there's well, Jonathan Huberto or or well, Johnny Gaudreau, Johnny Bo- Gaudreau, right? Them. Like, like I think I think yeah. you're gonna. He was already playing pissed off. I think he's gonna elevate that even more <laughs> because I feel like he's gonna he's gonna think that he got screwed. He should be a finalist. Matthews, McDavid, so and Sturkin are the Hart Trophy finalists. I think there's debate mm-hmm. there. As far as the players that were left out and, and not making that that list, that top three list, I couldn't agree with you more. I I look at that and I say, the the season from Johnny Gaudreau, just the, the impact that he had on the Calgary Flames, and like I get it. it, it if you're going to if you're going to look at Gaudreau alongside Matthew Kachuk, who also had 100 points, then you can't necessarily exclude Connor McDavid from the from the conversation because Leon Dreisaitl had 100 points. And to me, I just feel like Gaudreau was more impactful for his team. And Connor McDavid is so good, and he lives on, on such a different stratosphere that he has to outpace everybody by a lot more than he did this year in order for the, the scales, in my opinion to tip toward Connor McDavid. So I would have personally had it as Austin Matthews, Johnny Gaudreau, and Igor Shesterkin. Like, I think those three are are how it should have been one through three. Connor McDavid probably four, Leon Dreisaitl, uh, maybe you talked me into him at five, but I, I, I just I think Dreisaitl's probably more impactful and more valuable than, say, Jonathan Huberdeau. The, you score 60 goals? You're a Hart Trophy finalist. I don't know whether you win or not, but you're a Hart Trophy you finalist. Uh, Connor McDavid mm-hmm. is the Hart Trophy finalist at the start of the year every year and should not be judged against himself, but rather the competition. He so should be. I, I would put him. Uh, I would put him. He should be the, judged the, against the, himself. The Hart Trophy finalist all year. I don't think Igor Shesterkin, while he's the best goaltender in the National Hockey League this year and slam dunk Vesna mm-hmm. Trophy winner, I don't think he had what I would consider a Hart Trophy type year, which means the goaltender has to be uh, above and beyond uh, brilliant. Okay. And and I, I just don't think that, that he was as dominant as what I would believe that, uh, that a goaltender should be. Uh, to to make it into the Hart Trophy uh, finalist list, I I would put Goudreau or I would put Huberto uh, Huberto ahead of him on this list. Is that recency bias talking? No, 
nope, not at all. Uh, Are you sure? No, no. I, I know, I know that he had the the best average, he had the save percentage, uh, and and had a great win loss record. But I'm looking at past players, uh, goaltenders to win the mm-hmm. Hart Trophy. Uh, Carey Price has done it. Uh, uh, Dominic Hasek has done it. Uh, Jose Theodore, I think, is the outlier. I, I don't think that's a good example of my argument because I disagreed with that one uh, at the time. Uh, but I, I just so, think you have to be you have to be so so dominant as a goaltender to fit yourself into this category that uh, right that that. It, it's a no-brainer. I think Shesterkin's not a no-brainer in this, and be, because you've got your your own award. Now, if you're gonna if you're gonna expand it beyond just the the best goaltender, then you have to be lights out. There's there's no debate. There's debate here. Okay, so let me ask you a question. Carey Price won the Hart Trophy with a 9.33 save percentage and a 1.96 goals against average. That's significantly more dominant than Igor Shosturkin's 9.35 save percentage and 2.07 goals against average. I don't. Think the numbers aren't far off. No, and no, the shooters you can't right judge. now are way better. You can't They're judge. Significantly better. Let me ask you five a question. Five years, six you take years Igor ago, now, to now. That's what I'm saying. Igor Shosturkin's numbers are essentially as good, if not better, than what Carey Price was putting up six, no. seven, eight years ago what, when the shooters were not as mean, good as they are right now. What I mean is you can't You're go talking about percentage. multiple players with over 100 points, a 60-goal scorer. Igor Shosturkin was dominant. Yeah, I don't think you can compare save percentage and, and goals against average or shutouts and all that kind of stuff uh, head-to-head. Uh, I, I, I don't think Shosturkin was as dominant. There was a stretch where he was great. But he was in. He was out of the lineup. Uh, I and the and I know he puts the Rangers back into the playoffs. And he's he's the mm-hmm. Rangers' best player. Yes, he's the Rangers' best player. Uh, I'm of the belief that he's not worthy of the Hart Trophy uh, oh, finalist. Yeah, I could right disagree. Now. When more. when you've got Matthew Kachuk, you've got Johnny Gaudreau. When you've got Jonathan Huberto, I I really do believe uh, that 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 the players. Uh, are are more worthy of that finalist list. Now, you want to do a top five? Shesterkin, sure, put him put him in there. But as far as the uh, the finalist list, yeah, no way. Now, now is he going to finish third in this voting? I certainly expect him to. Do you guys not think mm-hmm. so? Yeah, I think he finishes third. Yeah, yeah, I I do too. Um, I mean, again, you and I choose to look at the award very very differently. Um, I mean, you're talking about dominance from a goaltender. Okay, fine. Like that, I'm not going to change your mind there. Um, but the the word value in MVP, most valuable player to your team, does carry weight. It does matter to me. And if the Rangers do not have Igor Shosturkin, they are not a playoff team. Period. They are not. If you have Alexander Georgiev and anyone else, that team does not make the playoffs. Period. Wow, is his name not go with Austin Matthews? Does the same not take go with Connor? Well, I'm s- I'm saying yes, it does. You're you're talking about him not being worthy of a top three finish. That's yeah, I absolutely just, I wrong. I, I I don't think he is. Uh, top five. You want to expand the list a little bit for for sure. But uh, but as far as uh, as the goaltender and hey, Chapman and I were both in agreement. I don't know. Uh, can't remember whether you chimed in or not. Uh, like he's going to finish third in the, in the balloting for for MVP. So it's it's like we're splitting hairs here. Uh, we're saying that he's third. So is it a big difference between third to fourth to fifth? I I, I don't I don't think so. You can you can 
I can sell you on that uh, pretty easily. Uh, I, I think it's a great time for our game, though, when we're talking about two players like like Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews, first overall selections. One guy's got sixty mm-hmm. points. One guy leads the league in points uh, every year. Uh, to be to be both having uh, awesome years at the same time, I, I think it's pretty spectacular. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know when you look at what those guys were billed as coming into the league. Connor McDavid as the next great offensive dynamo, and then you've got Austin Matthews, who is heralded as, who's heralded as the next great goal scorer. Both guys so far in their young careers have lived up to their expectations, and both guys are in very different spots entering tonight's games in which Connor McDavid tries to stave off elimination, and Austin Matthews looks to finally win a first-round playoff series. So um, the fact that both of those guys are still playing hockey is important, and it matters, and it's good for the sport. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I, I think you look at both seasons, Connor McDavid it was another one of those years where he is the the best point producer right now in the NHL, and Austin Matthews continues to be the best goal scorer right now in the NHL. So what's the most determining factor in declaring the winner of the Hart Trophy, the uh, National Hockey League's best player, MVP? Is it Austin Matthews playing in Toronto, the worldwide headquarters of, uh, of hockey? Or is it Connor McDavid being judged against himself and had, did not uh, outdistance uh, previous totals, uh, didn't, uh, didn't have one of those career years, even though he's the top point producer and, uh, uh, in the National Hockey League? What do you, what do you guys think the, uh, the biggest determining factor is? Well, I think if, if Connor doesn't win... I think it's that he's judged against himself, which he should be. Like, there aren't other Connor McDavid's. He's one of one. He is his own player and belongs in his own stratosphere. And for shouldn't that, should be judged against everybody else. If you're talking about the no, league he MVP? shouldn't. No, no, he shouldn't. He shouldn't. He plays by a set of different rules. He just does. He has to be better than everybody else, and it has to be by a wide margin. That's the that's the level that he has set for himself. Like, when you are a unanimous MVP, when you score over 100 points in 56 games, that is the expectation. That is the baseline for you as a player. And anything short of that, anything short of those numbers, unfair as it may be, is a regression in the season for Connor McDavid. But he's still the best point producer. Points don't, points are not the only determining factor in value. Yeah, I I think, I think, Fair or unfair, I, I think I kind of agree with Ryan here because if if that's the like if we're just giving it to the best player, I think I should win it every year. And, exactly, and 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 there's you know, an but, award for that. Yes, it's it's yeah, it's not the same as the Hart Trophy, the most valuable player to you know. I'm I'm a believer in most valuable to his team. I think that's a biggest cop out. You know, and, that's and, literally and, the but, name but, of the trophy. And, and the thing is, though, it's like literally like, what it's you, there for. you could you could look at the NBA. It's not fair that LeBron James only won four MVPs. The guy was literally the very best player in the NBA for for a decade. But they found ways to give the award to someone else. And I'm not a LeBron fan. I'm not I'm not an apologist for him, you know, but it's unfair, but it's the way it is. I I think Austin Matthews his season I think was a lot more impressive. I think the fact that he plays in the home 
of the NHL, which is Toronto. I I, I think that's a, a, a long uh, reach well, with huge voters. influence. Yeah, you know, and and look, the, the the reality is, I think Toronto. And he had a career year, right? Yeah, and, yeah, and, he, and 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 Connor didn't. Sixty goals. I mean, that's yeah. that's pretty damn incredible. I mean, because there was a point, goals, we, 100 points, we were, plays defense. Yeah, we were talking, is he going to get to, what was it? Was he going to break the Leafs record for most goals in a season? And then before the, we blinked, he he blew past that. Hmm. So name your top three in order. Who who wins this award? How do they finish up? Uh, go go first, Chapman. Well, I think it's going to be Matthews. And I think McDavid. Yeah. And then I think Shesterkin will be, I'm going to say, a distant third. Where are you, Ryan? I, I want it to be Matthew Shesterkin McDavid just because it would be funny because I think you'd you'd just lose it on that. But I I think it'll be Matthews McDavid and Shesterkin. Yeah, I'm resigned to that uh, too. I don't I don't agree with that uh, necessarily. But uh, but you score. So 60 you think goals. it should be you you should I you think, think it should, it should be, be McDavid really, over Matthews. I think it should be really really. Good. I just don't think uh, I think McDavid gets punished uh, by comparisons to himself, which I think is is not right. But sixty goals. I have no issue at all uh, with with Austin Matthews beating out uh, Connor McDavid. Now, on the Vegas Golden Knights side of things, if you're selecting a team MVP, hmm. this is a really curious question that could give five, seven answers. Given the amount of injuries this year, who would you pick? as the Golden Knights MVP. I'm going to let Chapman go first. I have to really think about it because I I, I think you could make a case, like Darren said, for a couple of different guys. I think for I'll me... I'll give you some options. I'll give well, you some well, options. I, I mean, Jonathan Marcheseau. Yeah, that was my uh, first Chandler thought. Chandler Stevenson. That was my second thought. Shea Theodore. Uh, I think you could throw Logan Thompson in the mix. He won't win. But you could certainly throw him uh, into that uh, into that pot. Uh, that's, uh, that's, really? Uh, that's going well. Th- as good as he was, he's going to get some some attention. Uh, I thought goaltenders had to dominate, Darren. They, they do have to dominate. <laughs> they, I, I, oh, hey, I didn't. I said he's not going to win. I said he's not going to win. So don't <laughs> I don't put words into, into my mouth. You, on you this. can't you can't sit here you can't sit here and say that Igor Shosturkin doesn't deserve top three because he didn't dominate and then put Logan Thompson in the MVP conversation. I said for there's the there's Knights. there's five guys that are going to be six guys that are going to be brought up. <laughs> Logan will be brought okay. up, but he won't win. Yeah. Uh, but Marcheseau, Theodore, and Chandler would probably be my top three. Going going with that now. Chandler has a career year. Uh, uh, Jonathan Marchessault hits 30 goals. Shea Theodore has the career year uh, with the points. Um, do, you, do you slide in? Um, I don't know whether Nick Wall was was good enough with the with the points to, to have the career year. Uh, give give me some other options here. So I mean I, I'm going I'm going Chandler Stevenson one, Jonathan Marchessault two, and probably Shea Theodore three. Like that would be my one through three if I were voting on the Golden Knights Hart Trophy. Uh, I look at what Chandler Stevenson was able to do. Uh, He played a a ton of games, 79 games. When you factor in the injuries that this team sustained and and really everything that was going on on the periphery, Chandler Stevenson was incredibly consistent. He was one of those guys that was able to produce with 
with whoever was was lined up next to him at any point in the lineup, whether it was top line minutes, whether it was third line, down the lineup, he produced, he was able to come through for the Vegas Golden Knights. And I, I know he missed out on leading this team in scoring by just two points, but to me, what Chandler brought every single night was the stuff that you build um you know, you build a successful campaign on and without Chandler Stevenson, I don't think that the Golden Knights were as close as they were making the play uh, to making the playoffs. Yeah, I think Chandler Stevenson is certainly very, very close. I, I think my top three would be Marcia, so Stevenson and Theodore. I look at Shea Theodore's five game winning goals and I, I can't ignore that, especially yeah. considering he's a defenseman. Um, I, I, I think that you, you look at power play points, though, and I believe Chandler Stevenson had six power play goals. So I can't ignore that either. He was a leading power play scorer on the team. So, I, I mean, I like that Marshall got the 30 goals. It, it's tough. I, I think I would go lean towards Stevenson, though, because I feel like he was the most consistent player all season. It seemed like, I mean, there was a point where he was a point-of-game player, and we were like 35, 40 games into the season. I, I think that that kind of something that shouldn't be undersold. And then you look at the fact that he was doing all this without Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty for a large chunk of the season. Mm-hmm. I think um, most appreciated player for sure. Uh, Jonathan Marchessault being able to, to hit the 30-goal mark and lead the team in scoring uh, deserves a, a whole lot of it. Uh, Shea Theodore uh, being in the mix. It's, it's a delicate balance between those three. And of those three... Would you have expected any of them to be in the MVP conversation, team MVP conversation at the start of the year? Now, Marshall, we know, can score. But, and Theodore can can push the offense. Um, Stone, Eichel, Pacioretty, go, go, down, the, go down the list of, uh, of players uh, that, uh, that you could probably have forecast to be in the conversation uh it kind of sums up where why vegas uh, just came uh, uh just short of, of qualifying for the playoffs yeah i mean i think that you know the the obvious choices going into the year were mark stone max patch ready uh and alex petrangelo to a degree alex petrangelo right yeah. and you throw or leonard. leonard into the mix too yeah. um I think those four are are kind of the the four guys that you look to every single year. Now, when you go into into next season, it'll be Jack Eichel and Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty. Like those are the guys that right. you're going to to expect to be among the best players on your team, but also the most valuable players to your ability to make the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, it, it highlights the point that. This was a year of unsung heroes. This was a year of guys uh, stepping into unfamiliar roles or, or having to pick up the slack where you didn't expect there to be any. And the career years were awesome. Career year for Chandler Stevenson, great stuff for Jonathan Marsh. So it's just, it's not, it wasn't enough to offset what was lost in the lineup without Mark Stone, without Max Pacioretty, without Jack Eichel. And, and you know, that's kind of been the story, I think, of, of the Golden Knights season is uh, you got great contributions from guys down the lineup. Unfortunately, you didn't have the guys at the top of the lineup to be leading the way for you as well. So in, in other sports, I'll go baseball, like home runs seems to win uh win out and and influence people over average 
uh, when you talk mm-hmm. about MVP. Uh, in in football, quarterbacks, uh, MVP, like touchdowns thrown, uh, QB rating over over yards. And I'm kind of doing this off, off the top of my head. In, in hockey, it's, it's unique as well. You've got goals, and then you've got points. How much more does goals influence a decision on MVP compared to points? Because um, Marshall has I, most I goals think... and most points, which mm-hmm. yeah, should I... mean that he's the MVP. But uh, I, I agree that it's it's so close between him and Chandler. I, I, like I think if if we're going back to the macro view of the NHL, I am looking at goals. You score sixty in a season, you're likely going to be the Hart Trophy winner. Uh, and we we all all we got to do is go back to Alex Ovechkin when he scored sixty five, he won the Hart Trophy. Like the, yeah. I think the the precedent is there that goals are the king and everything else is kind of secondary. Usually what happens when you have a bunch of points, you also have a bunch of goals, or you just do what Connor McDavid did last year and score 100 points in 56 games. That is impressive. That is something that you cannot really talk yourself into any other um, idea or question as to who it should be. With the Golden Knights, like this is a team that, that struggled to find goals. So like I can understand why if you were looking at just goal totals and Jonathan Marchessault has 30, uh, you go that direction. But Which I think is nine more than things... Chandler. Just so sure. But there, there are little things that, that Chandler Stevenson does that, that I think go unnoticed. There's obviously uh, the speed that he brings to the table, the fact that he takes face-offs. The, he, Trapman talked about the power play uh, points for, for Chandler. There were power play points certainly for Jonathan Marchessault. I just think that, that consistency is, is a big thing and while Jonathan was consistent this year too, Chandler Stevens- Stevenson's ability to do it away from Pacioretty and Stone with Pacioretty factors, right? and Stone. It's, it's funny. That to it's, me. It's almost like there should be a formula for this to take the emotion out of it. There's there's no there's no way you can you can bring this and boil it down into a formula. It doesn't work that way. Like that's not the point. The point is you as a person, right? Like you as somebody that, that vote on this. You've got to determine what matters most to you. Goals, assists, points, all of that matters, sure. But there are other factors that go into it. Chandler Stevenson's impact on this team goes beyond just 64 points. It just did. And and to be completely honest, Jonathan Marcheseau did have a large chunk of time this year with his regular line mates, like the Misfits played probably more together as a line than any other combination of lines for the Golden Knights. That, to me, is the determining factor for Chandler Stevenson. He did it with a rotating cast most nights, and he was still consistent and still produced and still came through when when it mattered most. I've had a vote for league awards before. Mm -hmm. There's pressure in there. Like, a lot of people just mail it in. I know those people. Not a lot. Sure. Sorry, some people mail it in. You I shouldn't should, do I should that. Not, uh, you're absolutely right. It's a responsibility. Thank you. Thank you. There's, a, right. there's, a, there's a responsibility now, some, that comes with that. Now, some people, it's like when uh, uh, it was uh, the all-star team when Ovechkin won uh, for all-star left winger. <laughs> not. So uh, there, the, the, that, was, uh, that was a weird one. But uh, I... I I take a lot of pride or took a lot of pride in, in, in boiling it down, and there's there's pressure in that. And you try to take as much emotion out of it. And one of the things that, that I really tried to separate was career years 
versus the year. And that that was always the toughest thing for me to do uh, with, with certain players and, and nominations. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I think career, career stands years, out. Half well, I think I, I. I mean, how do you how do you take that out of out of account? Like, like why why should if a, career a career year st- mean more than somebody else's okay year? But the okay year is better than the career year. So this is just a, a roundabout way to talk you into Connor McDavid. Well, it, it was it was what I went through. I'm giving you my my process, and that's what I would yeah. if I was voting for for the Hart Trophy right now. I would uh, I would have to be I would be battling with that. I don't necessarily agree that that Connor McDavid's year was better than Austin Matthews. I I just don't like sixty goals to me weights differently than 122 points from a player that should be hitting 122 points by game seventy. Yeah, and asleep like. I'm sorry, like Connor McDavid shouldn't be ending the season with 120 points. It should be 130, 140. That's what his level is. To me, he underachieved this year. Connor McDavid's season may be ending tonight. We'll get into that uh, right after the break. Uh, There's a whole (laughs) lot of pressure on the Edmonton Oilers this evening and a big opportunity for the perceived MVP choice of the VGK Insider Show, Austin Matthews. We'll get into tonight's action as well as reflect on uh, a little bit on what happened uh, last night in the Stanley Cup playoffs. We continue with the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Action tonight in the National Hockey League features couple of teams that can move on los angeles kings can bounce the edmonton oilers the toronto maple leafs can end the two-time stanley cup championship reign by the tampa bay lightning with a victory how about the carolina hurricanes poised to advance if they can win on the road and st louis can Mm -hmm. also advance to the second round and upset the Minnesota Wild. Uh, there's storylines in all of them. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Uh, in hour number two, as well as uh, one-timers and catching up with Chapman. But a couple of storylines that I do want to touch on. Uh, one is is the, I, I don't know whether this is the least talked about series, but it's underappreciated. The Minnesota Wild and the St. Louis Blues with the Blues uh, one win away from uh, moving into the second round. The Minnesota Wild are going to change goaltenders tonight. They're going to go with Cam Talbot. Mm-hmm. That means mm-hmm. both teams in this series will play goaltenders tonight that were the backups at the start of the series, and this is by choice, not by injury. Are you surprised at this? So I am a little bit, just in, in that I figured if you weren't going to make a change earlier on from Marc-Andre Fleury to Cam Talbot, uh, I... I just didn't think you'd do it for an elimination game. Like this is a a big choice and a a big decision from Dean Evison, but it's one that I understand, right? Because you've got a goaltender in Cam Talbot who was an all-star this year. He went 13-0-3 in his final 16 starts of the year. You have him on the bench. If you lose a series without going to that option, then I think it's going to be questioned. If you go to that option and Cam Talbot has a phenomenal game, then you look like if it doesn't work out that way because of rust, then you still have to answer the bell, but at least you played both of your options, both of your hands. Um, it's a it's a it's an interesting spot 
for Cam Talbot. One, I think he's going to rise to. I, I do expect him to have a really good game. Uh, but the the main focus right now for the, the Minnesota Wild is, is scoring, and, and they've got to find a way to put the puck in the back of the net by uh, from, from guys not named Kirill Kaprizov. Yeah, he's got seven. You look at it and go, Kaprizov's he's got not the seven problem. in five games. They should be rolling yeah. in this series, and and that's not the case. No. No, because, I mean, you've you got to get secondary scoring, right? Like, it can't be all Kirill Kaprizov. Three of those goals came in one game. Uh, he's He's been streaky for sure and, and, and really has, has done everything that you need from Kirill Kaprizov to do, but you, you're going to need more from from Marcus Foligno and, and Joel Eriksson. Like, you need more from those guys that are the supporting cast in Minnesota. You're just not getting it right now. How tight are the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, this evening, knowing that they've <laughs> let series get away from them in the past? They have an opportunity to close out the Tampa Bay Lightning, albeit on the road. Tampa never loses two mm-hmm. in a row, so Tampa's got that sure. going for them. But being forced into a winner-take-all Game 7 – as opposed to winning tonight, uh, this has got struggling to breathe written all over it. <laughs> um, yeah, Shortness I, I of mean, breath. like Chabin and I talked about it. I think a little bit yesterday in in our overreactions. Like I, I feel like, and I don't really have a strong opinion. Um, I mean, I have a strong opinion, but I don't know why. Like, I can't give you a good reason other than it feels different. But I feel like this Leafs team feels different. And I know, believe me, that the last four or five years, you've been able to talk yourself into this Leafs team feels different. And then they don't. And they aren't. But to me, for whatever reason, this spot seems to make sense. I just think that it has maybe more to do with the Lightning and the amount of hockey, and sometimes good runs come to an end. But I think the Lightning were the right team for the Leafs to face because all the expectations are on the Leafs. There really isn't much there on the Lightning. I know there's internal motivation to win another Stanley Cup, but I I think in this game tonight for the Leafs, it's an opportunity to prove that it's different, and I think they're going to. Is tonight a bigger opportunity, the best opportunity for Toronto to win the series as opposed to game seven. I don't think so. Really? Yeah, no, I I do. I do. I I think you you coming home, if you, I mean, as long as you don't get blown out tonight, right, then then all bets are off. But I think if you lose a close game in Tampa, I don't think that's a bad thing for Toronto. Um, Mm, You know, opportunity to win in front of your home fans. But I mean, it's the Leafs. No, no, right, right. What? what no, how no, many years you, since they've won a first round series? Chapman, Chapman. I, I, you don't care about your fans right now. Like, you don't want to waste an opportunity. Well, no, of to course you don't have want an to. opportunity to win in front of your fans because they haven't done it. No, like you, you, to you, me, this this is the series. If the Maple Leafs do not beat the Lightning tonight, I do not think they will win Game Seven. Yeah, I, I think just the don't. fan base and going home puts even more pressure on them. Yeah. This is this is the opportunity for the Leafs. This is where they have to prove that it's different. If it goes seven, they will not win. Oh man, that's that's a bold statement. Well, I th- I agree. I think their best chance to win the series is tonight. Even though they've got two shots at it, I think it's tonight and and it's on the road. I, I, Chapman, they are zero and six, zero <laughs> and six in their last six games 
when they had the ability to, close to eliminate out. an opponent. I yeah. just you, you know, cannot go zero and seven. You it's, can't. It's it's what we talked about yesterday. They, there's just something like this team. I thought for sure they were losing game five when they went down two to nothing, and yeah. and they they found the way to come back and not only win but but then the game was tied and they found a way to win the game. So yeah. I I just there's something different about this team. I I'm a, I'm a believer in the Toronto Maple Leafs right now. I'm buying. Then they have to win it tonight. I think I think they've because got two shots. Because that would be different. I think I think that they would, would win the game for seven. Toronto. Is it different in the LA Edmonton series? Like can LA does LA have an equal chance to win in game 7 on the road as they do to wrap up the series tonight? Um I'd like to say that it is different, but I'm not certain that it is because if McDavid and Drysidle get going, and we're talking about, you know, a 5-3 or 6-3 game and it's not even close, then I think the L.A. Kings have squandered their opportunity. Do I think they can go and play a good road game up in Edmonton and shut things down? Yes, but I think it's a big ask from some of their young defensemen to have to do that yet again. So I don't view it too much differently. I think that the the L.A. Kings have to win tonight in game six to win the series yeah but I, I will say this i will say this i give la more of a chance in game seven than i do toronto right that's what uh exactly what i was going for i, I think for la though the, the opportunity this is this is a huge huge opportunity because i think you've got i don't i don't know for sure if there's internal issues in edmonton but certainly mcdavid's comments i mean if i'm mike smith i'm not happy about that uh they're they're not going to have darnell nurse you're at home, so I think if you're the Kings, I, I think you have to win this game because I, I don't think they win a Game 7 in Edmonton. I think Edmonton would find a way to win that game. Connor McDavid on the ropes tonight. Austin Matthews, an opportunity to advance uh, to the second round. Intriguing matchups in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I talked to uh, a buddy in Los Angeles, former player, and I was uh, made the comment, like, uh, L.A. poised to pull off the upset tonight and his reply was upset question mark am i wrong on this but <laughs> is, is this not an upset if if la bounces the edmonton oilers uh like i no mean drew, i guess it no drew dowdy opinion like, it depends on what your opinion of upset is right like i to, to me if you take Connor mcdavid and leon dreisaitl out of the equation are the teams that different uh well, Drysaddle, uh, McDavid, uh, uh, yeah, I think they they're hugely different with those two guys out of the equation. Y- like, yeah, you take you take you take Drysaddle and McDavid off of the Oilers. You take Kopitar and Dano off of the Kings. Yeah, or what's left is vastly different. You think that the Oilers are a superior team to the LA Kings? Uh, n- without those guys, no. Yeah, that's but with what I'm those saying. guys Take them out of the it, equation. It, but with those guys in, in the lineup and no Drew Doughty in the Kings lineup, I think it's it's massively uh, lopsided towards I, the I think others. I think that those those two teams are are very similar outside of their top end. And I agree. The top end of the Edmonton Oilers is the best top end in the league. You've got McDavid and you've got Drysidle and all their lack of defense and all their point production. Yeah, they are the most talented two players in the league. It's not even close. But if you can nullify them, as the Kings have done with Phil Deneau and 
with Andre Kopitar just enough to get a couple of wins, I don't think that the rest of the Oilers is superior to the rest of the Kings, and that's where the Kings have been winning this series. The strange part is a lot of people are making a big deal out of Darnell Nurse being out of the lineup, suspended for tonight's Game 6. He's their, their top defenseman. L.A. has played without their top defenseman, one of their top players the whole series mm-hmm. in, in, in Dowdy. And, and they're leading the set. And they're they're kind of poised to play that way. Like, I, I know that they've got some young defensemen, but the, the, the Kings are a pretty structured team. Like, they, they understand that if they're going to win hockey games, it's going to be three to two, four to three at the absolute most, maybe five, three with an empty netter. Like, they know they've got to focus on shutting down the Edmonton Oilers first. And to be frank, the Edmonton Oilers have been terrible to start games. The last three games, they've allowed 20 shots in the first period. They just haven't played to any type of identity in the first period at all. And it has allowed the Kings to push them back on their heels. And the Edmonton Oilers are not good enough when they're on their heels. You've got four series at 3-2. Could potentially end tonight. How many teams between Tampa, Edmonton, Boston, and Minnesota survive? Oh, man. Um, I think, and I'm going to be 100% wrong on all of these. I want to believe in the Boston Bruins' ability to be like cockroaches. So I think the Bruins survive to play a Game 7 because the world needs Tony D'Angelo versus Brad Marchand one more time. I think the Toronto Maple Leafs close it out. I think Tampa's season ends tonight. I think the Minnesota Wild on the heel, on the backs of a Cam Talbot shutout, get it done against the St. Louis Blues. So there will be a game seven there. And I think the LA Kings will beat the Edmonton Oilers. So I think Edmonton and Tampa are done. The other two series go seven games. Oh, we'll see what happens uh, tonight. We'll reflect on last night's action via our play of the day as we continue with the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. No chance to shoot for Stevenson centered. Eichel scores! It's time for the play of the day on the VGK Insider Show. And the President's Trophy winner in Florida Panthers are on the verge of advancing, winning their first series since 1996, thanks to Carter Verhage. Love down at the line by Orloff with a great play. But on the back check, it's for Hagee with the strip and the lead. Alexander Barkov cutting in. In front for Hagee, score! It's four in a row! And for Hagee has given the Panthers the lead! What a game for Carter for Hagee! Panthers there looking for Hagee. He'll come back on the back check, strip it, and now he'll turn it up the ice. Barkov's got full control, waiting for Verhage. He just goes right by Backstrom and puts himself in a scoring position. Perfect sauce pass, and there's the finishing touch from Carter Verhage. Carter Verhage has a five-point night, and the Florida Panthers explode last night. Yeah, and it couldn't have happened at a, uh, a more opportune time for the Florida Panthers. They were down 3 to nothing in the second period uh, against the Washington Capitals, staring a 3-2 series deficit, and then they score five unanswered goals and look like the Florida Panthers we saw in the regular season, a team that was never out of a game because their offense was just that much better than everybody else. Carter Verhage with a five-point night is a player that uh, we underappreciate. Uh, it took him six years, guys, 
to make his National mm-hmm. Hockey League debut after being drafted by Toronto. Then he was traded to the Islanders. Then he was dealt to the Tampa Bay Lightning and blossomed. And because of the salary cap, uh, was moved on to the Florida Panthers. But it took him six years to make his National Hockey League debut. Now he's a Stanley Cup champion, and he's trying to lead the, the Florida Panthers into the second round for the first time in 30 years. Yeah, I, I think, you know, Carter Verhage to me is, is funny because you, you have a player that was developed the right way. And, you know, just imagine what the, uh, what the Tampa Bay Lightning would look like with Carter Verhage on the team as opposed to uh, some of the other decisions. But, like, it, it kind of goes to show you, like, you develop the player the right way, and and unfortunately there wasn't enough room in Tampa, but he's done a phenomenal job of carving out exactly what he needs to be for the Florida Panthers to continue to be a juggernaut here in the playoffs. And I hope, I hope that this wasn't a tease. I hope that the Florida Panthers are here to stay and that they really bring that same type of offensive output uh, to game number six, and if there is a game seven, a game seven. A lesson learned, too, for the Toronto Maple Leafs, for the New York Islanders. Like, they had they had him. He's in their back pocket. And mm-hmm. they weren't able to take advantage of that. Uh, the Florida Panthers uh, poised to, to move on. I don't know whether it's done just yet, though. Uh, I For the Florida Panthers, I hope that they are able to uh, capitalize on this. I think it'd be a great story, and it'd be awesome if Florida and Tampa Bay were able to meet in the in the second round and meet for the second straight year. I think that would be uh, outstanding. But even if if Florida advances and they face Toronto, like we might get ten goals in a game by by one team in that series, mm-hmm. as wide open as as those two clubs are. Well, that's good because it would off uh, it would offset the uh, the terrible hockey that we've had to sit through with Dallas and Calgary. I think that series has gone back fifteen years. I don't even think that series is live. No, it's not. It's I not. think uh, it's 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 like a different sport. It it really is. It it it's been a it's been hard. Like I I, I watch the games. It's part of the job. But Dallas-Calgary has been a rough watch, that's for sure. A lot more coming up on the Stanley Cup playoffs as well as one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League, and my favorite segment of the VGK Insider Show, Catching Up with Chapman. All coming up on Fox Sports Las Vegas as the VGK Insider Show continues. 